Hey, Brightsiders. Don't let this title make you think this episode is bleak. It's, of course, Mrs. Brightside. And there is a bright side to colon cancer, especially when you've survived it. I have comedian Heather Tolley-Heifenbauer calling from Hotlanta. So, yeah, enjoy this episode of Mrs. Brightside and be sure to stop off for your snack. That's a little shout-out to Wendy Williams. Hope she's doing okay there. But, yeah, our buddy Fred's BS. Make sure you go to fredsbs.com and use promo code BRIGHTSIDE for 20% off your order. Enjoy. It's Mrs. Brightside. Uh, Open up the curtains. Look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Brightside. All right, guys. You're listening to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. It's your CBT on CBD. And yeah, that's right. Three weeks in a row, I think, guys. Did it all right. But, you know, I'm not here to talk about me, even though it does often get there. But I have a special guest calling in all the way from Hotlanta. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Hi. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, it's not it's not so hot in Hotlanta right yeah. now, but... Um, yeah, but I am in, in um, I am in the Atlanta area. My name is Heather Tolly Bauer. Um, you know, the hyphen is silent most of the time, um, but it's a pain in the neck all of the time. Is what I say. Because um, <laughs> um, I don't know if you're married or not, but if I if if you um, if you are not, I say do not ever hyphenate your name because it literally becomes part of your name. So I'm normally Heather Tolly Hyphen Bauer. So um, so don't do that. Don't do that. But um, but I am, um, the reason why um, I kept that is because I'm a comedian in the Atlanta area, and I do a lot of mom-com, so I talk to a lot of women about, you know, being a wife, being a mother, and also being a colon cancer survivor, um, I use my comedy as a platform to raise awareness for not just colon cancer, which is a cancer that I had three years ago when I was 45 years old, but also... Um, just to remind moms that we really need to put ourselves first, and, and women, and you know, women in general, moms specifically, that we really, really have to put ourselves first, and that might mean going to the doctor when something's not right, or it might mean going to a comedy club when you just need to laugh your control tops off, you know. So that's uh, that's the brand that I have, and that's how I that's how I spend my that's how I spend my evenings. I'm a stay at home mom during the day, or a stay-at-home alcoholic, as I call it, on stage, um, but I'm a stay-at-home mom during the day, and a comedian cracking butt jokes at night. It doesn't get any better than that. See, you take out the kids and the family, and we're on the same page. I mean, like, I I honestly do want children, which I'm glad that you're pro-kids, because I get a lot of, sadly, more females these days that are anti-kids, uh, but I like, at least you were just anti-hyphenate, which... I'm actually pretty traditional to be such a oddball, and I would just take the name unless it's like Hitler or something, because uh, I'm not that married to my last name, <laughs> like you know, because it's my dad's name who I don't really care for. I mean, and my name is cool and all, but my first name's so cool I don't even really need the last name. So I don't think no, hyphen it would be a problem so for me. True. <laughs> and you're so smart that you know that about yourself, and and that's one of the reasons why I kept my well, I kept my hyphenated name because um, I I waited a long time to to have a child 
and I was 38 years old when I got pregnant. I'd been married for eight years, and I had this entire career under my my maiden name, even though I was married. I didn't really hyphenate my name until um, I had um, had a child, and it just made something some parts of my life, you know, easier, and it made a lot of parts of my life not so easy. But I was really determined that I was going to keep a piece of my identity, right? And then it doesn't even matter because at the end of the day, I'm just called Reed's mom all day yeah. long, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing is when you become a mom, I mean, as I say, I'm not one, but like, you know, my mom had me and my brother and we did just fine with just her. And it's one of those things that we sort of became her life. But like you say, the way that things work nowadays, like we're getting more and more away from that in the one sense. Like, yes, you still want to be a good mom and be there for your kids, but kids have school most of the day. What are you doing? I mean, obviously you and I are doing the same thing, drinking in the middle of the day, which is great. And then writing jokes at night. But But yeah, and I'm so, you know, what you came to me at first and then I, I read your article you had here uh, of a humor heels and you're, you're a colon cancer survivor and they caught it really yeah. early which was great and it's such a fascinating story did you want to talk about that yeah well um thanks it, it really was so random so we my husband and i moved our son to Atlanta. We had been living in Connecticut, and we moved to um, Cobb County, Georgia, which is a north, a suburb that's north of Atlanta, and, you know, a lot of stay-at-home moms and in, in Cobb County, and so there are a lot of yoga pants, a lot mm-hmm. of Starbucks, and a lot of people who go to dermatologists. And in L.A., they, they, I, they do that without being moms, so... <laughs> so, see, you know, you get it, you know, it's yeah. like, I know the secret handshake, right? Yeah. So... So I always say my yoga pants have seen the insides of more Starbucks than yoga studios, you know, but, um, but I, uh, so, so I, I went, everybody here has a dermatologist and I literally, I had, I noticed something on my face and I thought, you know, I'm out in the sun a lot, especially living here in Atlanta where it's year round living, you know, you're in California. Yeah. And um, so it's year round outdoor living and I had a lot of exposure to the sun. And so I went to my dermatologist who noticed a different spot on my face and said, yeah, I'm kind of worried about this spot that was on the side of my nose. And he looked at my family history, well, a few years earlier, my dad had died from colon cancer, and he had asked me if I'd ever had a colonoscopy, and I said, well, no, I'm 45 years old. At the time, they didn't recommend a colonoscopy until you were 50, and I was healthy. I had no symptoms, none, and so he said, you know, I really think that you you should go get one, and I kind of laughed at him and <laughs> said, no, I don't, I don't that's probably not going to happen. And he called me back with the results of what they biopsied off of my face. And he said, okay, so this is skin cancer. And, um, you know, I really need you to go get a colonoscopy because there is a, um, there's a gene that connects some skin cancers and some other cancers together. And the best way to know if you have this genetic mutation is to get your colonoscopy so um 
so I did. I had no earthly reason to go get one, really. Like I said, I was feeling great. I was a healthy, busy mom. Um, you know, getting your colonoscopy is not, you know, not without some rearranging of some schedules. Yeah, because they put you out, um, which, thank God, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the best part of it. I mean, now I can't get to my colonoscopy fast enough because I always want to lose four pounds and get in a good nap. And that's really what you're guaranteed. You know, you're guaranteed to lose four pounds and you're going to get a great nap in. And so now I'm like, yes, can I have my colonoscopy now? That'd be great. I'm get, Now but, I'm just um, going to see this but, new trend in anorexia is all these girls getting colonoscopies well, all the time just to lose four pounds. <laughs> just lose the four pounds and the nap. I mean, yeah. like, that's why when moms are like, I'm too busy, I'm like, I don't get that. It's the best nap you'll ever have. Oh, yeah. My like, mom was so great after hers. It was hilarious because I, you know, took her in for hers and picked her up, and she, I was like, this is the best she ever is. She's happy. Uh, she's on drugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you're just, yeah, you're asleep. You sleep, you wake up, you're refreshed, you're rested, and, you know, you, you, you know, you've lost four pounds. It's great. It's great. It's like, I say it's, um, you know, it's a seven-day cleanse that you get done in 24 hours. Like, you know, just getting ready for the colonoscopy, um, which is really the hard part right like everybody you know worries about what they call the prep which yeah. is you know you drink the stuff and you you know you you poop a lot and it's it's all part of the process but so I did it and I was very lucky you know I was 45 I found a doctor who said yes let's do a baseline colonoscopy and I and my insurance company agreed to pay for it I was very lucky and um, we all just knew this was just going to be my baseline colonoscopy and that they were going to find nothing and that they'd say, come back in five years and we'll check, check the tires again, you know? And, um, instead, um, they found one polyp that, um, is a special kind of polyp because my body, um, I'm an overachiever apparently. Um, and it turns out that that one polyp that they found is, related to this genetic mutation that causes colon cancer and I found so I found out and kind of in the same moment that I had cancer and that I also have this genetic mutation that puts me at high risk for um, a lot of different cancers and so I had to deal with that later but in the in the forefront I'm dealing with now I'm 45 years old. I have, you know, a son who's six or seven years old. Um, he was like six and a half. And I have cancer. Um, and here's what they do to take care of when you have colon cancer. Here's what they do. When, when you have colon cancer and you have this gene that I have, it's called Lynch syndrome, they take out as much of your colon as they possibly can and for you to still live a normal life. So I had two-thirds of my colon taken out, um, which the way I talk about it on stage is um, the way I, you know, I, as, I, as I told you, I use comedy as my platform to raise awareness so that people aren't afraid of, of A, the colonoscopy, B, the news that you get colon cancer, that, you know, if you have colon cancer, and C, what happens, what comes next, because... I am now, I'm turning 49 soon, um, 
I have been cancer-free for three years, and I am not what you think of when you think of a colon cancer survivor. I am not, you know, a 75-year-old retired grandpa from Sarasota, Florida. I'm a chick. I'm a woman, you know? Well, and I think... (laughs) I'm healthy. I think so many people don't get that it is really easy to be screened. I'm a big fan of Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, and that's why I do this, you know, growing up with Loveline and things like that. And two... Long before I was born, my grandfather had colon cancer, but it was more because of he was in World War II in Japan, and it was like, okay, so like he had, you know, when my dad was like 18, and then he lived even after that, even, you know, years ago, and now it's so much easier just to get screened. Colonoscopies, as we say, it's like a vacation. It's like, I don't understand why so many people are scared, and like you say, insurance covers it. Most insurance covers a colonoscopy 100%. Like, because it's considered yeah, preventative you, care. You, yeah. If you're having one yeah. for, a, for diagnostic reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, oh my gosh, now um, with 23andMe and genetic testing, you yeah. can literally, I call, you know, you can literally get, you know, Cologuard is, a, is a, I think, the, the name brand that people are the most familiar with. You literally can, you know, I call it poop in a box. You literally get a, you know, take your stool sample, you send it off, and they can test it, and they can tell you if you are genetically predisposed to colon cancer. And if you are, then you can go, then you go in for your colonoscopy. Um, and I pooped so in a box so anyway many, as a joke, so, like, why not do it to help I mean, yourself? I poop in a box. Yeah. I, I mean, for, for those of you who can poop in a box and you're not doing it, I, listen, I don't even want to know you because I can't do that, you know, but, um, but no, I mean, they make it, I mean, just the, just advances in medicine just in the three years since I have been diagnosed is unbelievable, but. You know, I think the thing that I I, I was I haven't always been a stand up comic. Um, I became a stand up comic um, four years ago, and it wasn't really something that I thought I would ever stick with. It wasn't like a lifelong dream of mine. Um, but I've been doing comedy for about a year when I got my diagnosis, and it just clicked with me that I had a real opportunity to write jokes. I mean, four days after my diagnosis, I was on stage and I did three minutes of butt jokes and calling cancer <laughs> jokes. Um, just for me, you know, and to, to raise awareness. And I said, this makes sense to me, to use comedy as a platform to raise awareness, um, to demystify this thing around colon cancer because luckily for me as a comic, you know, butt jokes are hilarious or as we say in the business, butt jokes kill, you know, <laughs> um, but, but, but no butt jokes kill. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but so does colon cancer. Yeah, exactly. You know, like colon cancer kills in, in, in a bad way. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I go on stage and I crack butt jokes and I talk about poop and I, and I remind people that, listen, you can either be a badass or you can have a badass, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's better, it's better to be a badass than to have a badass. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's so true. Um, and, and I remind women that I had no symptoms. I went, kicked the tires. I found out I had cancer. My oncologist told me that 
if we hadn't found that cancer right then and there, I probably had about five years to live. And that was three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, you know, so for three years, I've been, I've been healthy. And probably, had that not happened, I wouldn't be cracking, you know, butt jokes on stage. I'd probably be fighting for my life right now. And, and that's a very different that's a very different reality and you know so my son who's now 10 his story is not watching mommy have chemotherapy and radiation and 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 living life you know as a patient his story is seeing mommy crack butt jokes on stage and I mean what 10 year old doesn't think that that's amazing yeah because there's nothing (laughs) more than 10 year olds love than butt jokes (laughs) guess the only time I'm cool yeah Well, and that's the thing. Not even then, Mom. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing is like, you use this, you know, to be like, well, what can I do with this to think of the bright side? Because, too, I mean, obviously the bright side was they caught it early enough. Um, And, you know, there is that. But it's like, what do you do with that information? And you've done the right thing by sharing it in in a way that's easier for people to take. It's just like, like how superheroes are a little bit easier for kids to learn empathy and things like that. And it's like, that's really all of these cartoons or shows what we're really learning, but we just put it on a nice, a nice pretty bow on it. It's like when you poop in that box, you put a nice little pretty bow on it. <laughs> put a bow on that box. Huh. And then, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. You put a box, put a bow on it. Yeah. Put it off. It's like the ancestry DNA, you know, yeah. kit for your poop. You know, yeah. like find out where your poop has been. But, um, yeah, and I, and so, you know, as I talk to all kinds of people, you know, I have my stand-up comedy piece where I do regular comedy, but, you know, I mostly stick with, with the mom-com, and really what I'm doing is I'm trying to put um, a positive spin on the things that keep us awake at night, and as a middle-aged wife-mom you know, um, cancer survivor, uh, woman, um, there's a whole lot out there that keeps us awake at night. And, um, uh, cause thanks to so murder porn. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. and so my, and the reason I do that is because listen, not everything is funny, but not everything's a five alarm fire either. No. And yeah. so if we can laugh at the small things, which is what I do on stage and make us laugh at the small things, then it gives us the bandwidth to tackle the big things. Um, and that's, that's really my, that's really my philosophy. And it, that's really how I approach my day to day. And listen, I found out that I have, you know, this Lynch syndrome. Um, and the reality is, is I'll probably have cancer again. You know, the reality is, is that my new part-time job over these past three years is I have every test, every scan, every blood test, every screening. I, they found a little bit of bile duct cancer in August, and I had six procedures just to take care of that. That's my every day now. But, you know, that, it, it, it is what it is. And I don't, so I don't knock it out of the park every single day. There's some days when I'm like, oh, you know, is, this, is the bus going to hit me today? Or <laughs> That's uh, how my mom sounds, and she doesn't even have cancer. Or is it, <laughs> or is it not going to be 
of us today. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just going to be one of those little smart cars and I just roll off of the hood, you <laughs> know? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But no, we don't know. None of us knows. Um, and so I, I'm not, don't, don't let anybody, don't let me let, you know, make anybody think that um, I'm, I just LOL all the time because I don't. But nobody I does. Do really, <laughs> nobody does. And I, and I am no different. Um, but I really do try to, um, you know, laugh at the laugh at the small stuff and save my energy for the for the big stuff. And the way I talk about this on stage with moms in particular is you you'll find this out, and maybe maybe you know this because you have friends. But mom guilt is a very real thing. Um, for whatever reason, we as moms. We never really feel like we're doing it, um, you know, as well as our children deserve for us to do it. I, I kind of suffer from that less than, I think, most women. Um, and maybe that's because I'm older. I'm an older mom. But, um, but the way I talk about it is like this. I say, listen, forgetting the cupcakes for the bake sale does not make you a bad mom. Cooking meth in your basement makes you a bad mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Like Mrs. Brightside? Well, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's the podcast player that pays. Yes, that's very difficult to say. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android. It's free and super easy to use. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards and donate to charity. It literally is amazing. It turns your podcast listening into charity, or if you like, just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. I don't judge. I use the PodCoin app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Go get it on the App Store or Google Play today. Seriously, just get the PodCoin app and use invite code BRIGHTSIDE. You'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up if you use my code. That's 300 PodCoins just for signing up if you use promo code BRIGHTSIDE. Go give the PodCoin app a try today. Like that's, you know, like that's, let's, you know, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't Pinterest out my kid's party. Okay, that's not a big deal, you know. So you forgot your kid at the, to pick him up from ball practice. It happens. It happens, you know. Um, there are, you know, there are, I, I just, I hear moms so often say, I'm such a bad mom because. And I try to take those things that I, I try to complete that sentence for them on stage and flip it around and show them why. No, that doesn't make you a bad mom. That doesn't make you a bad wife. It doesn't make you a bad friend, a bad sister. You know, it. you're, you're, you're okay. You know, we're okay. You're okay. And I just, I just promise that they'll, you know, laugh their control tops off along the way. Um, I make fun of myself a lot. I've been married 18 years. I make fun of the fact that my husband and I are very hot for each other. We just hardly ever have sex because we're tired. <laughs> um, you know, and that that's okay. It works for us. You know, we're very happy to just make each other turkey sandwiches, you know. And, and um, um, I, I just, I, this, I, I know that, that when I focused on this um, kind of illuminating and making us laugh about, you know, our struggles and the things that stress us out as, as people, as parents, as women, as moms, as men, whatever. I actually have a strong male following, which sort of surprises me a little bit. But um, 
Not to me, because honestly, I'm like pretty, you know, um, pretty masculine woman who comes from a long line of masculine women. And I will say, like, just in listening to you, I can see why you have a male following is because, like, you're a little bit more real and, you know, you're just being honest about stuff. And like you say, like, you're like, yeah, that doesn't make you a bad mom. Smoking, you know, cooking meth in your basement. And I'm like... The men kind of now tend to gravitate more towards that parental humor than women these days. So, like, because, like, Adam Carolla and stuff like that, that's a lot of what his comedy is. And guys like jokes about kids. Well, right. And, yeah. you know, and it, when you look at comics, you know, the dad comics, you know, yeah. like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and like Jim Gaffigan is, he's the butt of his own jokes, right? Yeah. And I am literally and figuratively always the butt of my jokes, whether I'm talking about my butt or not. It's just the way it works. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's because, great. You're even um, making a butt pun there. And that's one of the things. I know, see? I just, I just try to stop me. You know, I can't turn it off. Um, and too many you know, female also, comics, especially my age, they're never the butt of their own jokes. Like, And I think that's what people don't understand. That's why Amy Schumer kind of got popular versus, like, Eliza Schlesinger, you know, or certain people, you know, I hate to call them names, but it's one of those things that Amy Schumer makes fun of herself. She's the main focus of her jokes. Um, some of these other ones, just not so much. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I mean, if I were a guy, I certainly yeah, wouldn't well, date I, you. I, I, <laughs> somebody who does that, yeah, yeah, I agree with, I think somebody who's self-aware enough yeah. to, to do that. And the other thing is, I, I know that there is a real need for women, um, to be in a space with their tribe and, and laughing. I know that there's a need for that because I run um, a monthly show. It's called Laugh Lines and Stretch Marks. I do it here in, in, um, in the Atlanta area, and it was designed to be an every once in a while show where I would put up all female comics because women are still in the minority in the comedy world. And um, I wanted to give yeah. a place where female comics could um, could have stage time and get paid for it. That was very important to me. Oh, wait, they, so you pay them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm in L.A. Well, I'm I like, know. no one gets paid for anything, no matter, I mean, even if you're Chris D'Elia, good luck. Like, <laughs> well, Atlanta's a little, Atlanta market is yeah. very hip, very happening, very hot comedy market that yeah. is very, very community-minded and very comic-focused. And, um, that is good and to I know about that. Yeah, no, what I love about that is um, we do, if I'm making money, you're going to make money. That's the way I produce my show. And I know a lot of producers here who do the very same thing. Wow. Um, I, it was, it was important to me that I build a show that gave women opportunities. And I have men on the show too. Um, but occasionally, um, but it's not a. But my point is, it's not a man bashing show, and I think that's why. Which is good. I have a male following. Yeah. There's no need for that. Listen, yeah. I am raising a son. I am married to an incredible man. We don't hate men. We love men. I appreciate men. You know who else is going to mow the lawn? Really, I don't know uh, how to change a battery. You know, I need my no. I I just say that. But um, I always say vibrators can't mow the lawn yet. So, you know, men yet. need to, but, mm-hmm. um, yet, but, um, I don't know, my Roomba, yeah. getting close, I don't know, um, but, and I think that's why, um, 
I, I think really women need, I know that women need this because back to this little show that I've started to do that was supposed to be every once in a while, uh, the first show sold out, the second show sold out, the third show almost sold out. I mean, I've been doing huh. this for almost a year now and on a Wednesday or a Thursday night and um, I do it at a um, live music venue in the suburbs of Atlanta called Mad Life Stage and Studios and it's a 180 seat theater. I'm not even oh, wow. talking about like 50 people. Yeah. It's 180 seats and it and it's it's selling out and yeah. it's because women it's all women um, sometimes they bring their husbands but mostly it's girls night out and well, I know that's not a new concept it's not a new concept well as I'll say the thing that is new it. about it is a you pay your women and B it's not a men are evil fest because Sadly, I'm about to talk some shit, but let's just say there's a lot of all-female shows here in L.A., but they're very specific of you have to be this type of woman that talks about sex and hates men, and you have to wear a dress. I'm not going to name names, but trust me, if the wear a dress thing would, uh, you know, show who it is here from people that know, and it's one of those things that, like like you say, these women are married, you know, their husbands come, but it could be a girl's night out. And they're joking about themselves and being a mom and, and stuff that, as I say, is is just a little bit better than the I had a bad Tinder date I've heard 5,000 times. And, and it's one of those things that it's like, there is a time and a place for that, but I just, I think that we're better than that on stage. And it's good to know that other markets have uh, better shows like that, where it is very much like, you know, a little bit more broad comedy. <laughs> broad, broad comedy? <laughs> Broad, broad, broad. That's yeah. funny. I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> well, you can have that one. It's free. <laughs> broad comedy with the broad. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and I, I, um, I mean, I, I was when they emailed me and con- you know contacted you, I was telling you about this show I'm coming out to do. Um, and I don't know if it's okay if I mention it. Yeah, here. feel free to plug it now. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm actually getting ready to fly back out to Orange County, um, to Irvine, um, there's, um, um, a producer and, oh my gosh, her name escapes me, but, um, I, I know her name. I'm not, I don't want to butcher mm-hmm. it and say it. Um, but it's like, it's Mona Shake or, uh, or I don't know how she says her last name and I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know. But anyway, she's the brains behind Minority Report. Yeah. Um, which is her production company that produces all these really niche, mostly female forward comedy shows. And um, so I submitted to be included in her mom's night, which is happening on April 25th at the Caspian Theater in Irvine. I mean, Caspian Restaurant in Irvine. And all the comics are moms. And um, the reason why I think that that is so brilliant is because, um, you know, all these male producers, for the, you know, for the for the most part, and even some female producers, they kind of rail against putting too many of the same type of comic on their show, right? Yeah. Because especially for women, like you might go to a comedy show and you may and they may be like, oh, we already have a woman up on stage tonight. Well, okay, well we have a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different ideas, and a lot of different life experiences. Oh yeah, I'm not so, like any other female comic. I mean, the closest I would say is Sarah Silverman, but I'm not half as filthy as she is, but like she's more well, of a dude, a dude bro like I am, but 
but le- yeah. yeah, but less so it's over the years. Really, so I'm so yeah. It's like people don't get that. Yeah. All moms. Yeah. Because we we all have something different that we bring to the table, and um, so this is going to be um, a great show. I, I know Mona has produced a lot of great shows, um, and she produces a lot of shows out in, in that area, and um, and they've all been successful, and they've all been pretty niche. You know, they really reach out to a niche market. Um, but there's this concept in comedy that funny's funny, and um, and I, I, I kind of, I didn't mean to turn your podcast into a podcast about comedy. Oh, it's always about comedy. <laughs> so you're good. To get me back on, to get me back on, um, on the bright side. The reason why, funny isn't always funny, right? The reason why something is funny is when you can relate to it. And being able to relate to something does not mean you had that very same experience, it means you can see yourself having that experience. Yeah. Um, and so that's why my colon cancer jokes um, are hilarious because people can imagine what it's like to be told. Um, like literally my surgeon, when my surgeon explained to me uh, and my husband and I were sitting in this very serious meeting and he says, okay, Heather, we're going to take out two thirds of your colon. And, um, and I was like, that is a very serious, you know, conversation to, to have. And I was being told what the risks are and what the um, complications could be. And, and um, you know, they have to kind of run you through the whole, the, the whole gamut, right, of the, the, the good, bad, and, and the potentially fatal, you know. And, um, and I, I looked at him and I said, okay, um, so what's, you know, what's the good news? And he said, well, the good news is, you're going to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> and, um, and, I, um, and I'm like, this is a guy who gets it, right? Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, hey, that, that's 10 pounds. That's great. Um, can you take my spleen? I'm pretty sure I'm done with my spleen. You know, like, I, who needs a <sighs> spleen? Like, yeah. what is that? How much weight does that It's give like, me? is that another 10 pounds? Yeah. Yeah, like, it, like you know, and, and I'm completely done with my uterus, Doc. So if you could just take that, carry the one, what are we, 25 pounds now? Mm. I mean, um, and that literally is a conversation that happened. Like that, and of course that's part of my act, but that literally is how the conversation happened. Um, What's funny is, because uh, something else prompted me to think of it earlier. Do you watch, or did you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? The musical no, show. You have to understand. Yeah. I don't get to watch a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of anything. <laughs> yeah, most people don't live here and just absorb content all the time, I guess. But like, there was there's a bit where there's a, a doctor who is trying to be a stand up in the show, and like that reminded me of it. And then they have a song that's like generalizing about men and like you know how they do that and then the mom a character is like wait i have sons and then it just ends with your sons are gonna be rapists yeah. <laughs> and i'm like well, oh yeah it, it's a good watch it's that, on netflix so that, see, that's hilarious yeah because um that's hilarious because so, you know they yeah. wow talk about a different world now yeah um where <laughs> i am it is tricky yeah. um, figuring out how to raise a boy in, you know, in this world and, um, and using, you know, it, I think 
you you have to address the the issue in the room, right? You you absolutely have to um, go there, you know. And um, and so yeah, I'm excited about this mom show. I yeah. want to know every time I'm on stage with moms, I'm like, oh wow, that's a different experience in my parenting, you know, in my in their household that I haven't yet had in my household and so um i'm super excited about the mom show next week but yeah because um, raising boys yeah. is bad enough but raising girls in this day and age i mean i don't even want a girl just because i'm like I, I it's worse and i'm like i'm not even talking about the me too stuff i'm just talking about the what what these little girls are wearing i'm like i wouldn't let my kid out of the house <laughs> so i think you got the better well, end of the deal with the boy <laughs> You know, uh, I, then I would say, um, you know, hone your sense of humor because yeah. you're going to need it. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things because I, I know that that's probably what I'm going to wind up with because I'll be like, I, I don't even know what to do with the little girl. I barely put on makeup myself. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different time right now, yes, to be raising children, period. But, um, yes, I would say, and that's why, and that's another reason why, my comedy show here in the suburbs, you know, is being is very is 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 very successful because for all the talk that we have out there in the world about being present, yeah, there is no you you are present when you are at a comedy show. Oh yeah, you are fully present. You have to be, otherwise the joke just went right past you. And you're paying to be there, plus the two drink minimum. And it's like, guys, then be present. <laughs> well, you know, but for people yeah. who come to a comedy show yeah. and they chit chat through it, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, it's so don't rude. Don't do that. Don't be that. <laughs> don't be that. Uh, but, um, but when you come to, um, I, I think that the the, the moms and the women and the parents and the dads and the dudes, you know, whoever coming to my show, it's a comedy show, not just my show, but a comedy show in general. I can just speak to the success of my comedy show in particular. Um, and it's a little mini vacation, right? It's yeah. a little mini vacation from the pressures of parenting, Pinterest, and the PTA. And that is exactly... Um, that's exactly my my lane. I stick to my lane. Mm-hmm. I'm good at my lane. And people are buying tickets to see me in my lane. So, I really wish that other people would understand that. And, and to me, that is, at, it, at its core, what being a comedian and what makes them different than any other part of the entertainment industry and a lot of other things as well. It's like, all you need to do is be you and be in your lane and make funny out of that. But I know a lot of people, I mean, that it's like they try to be somebody else and you're just like, why? The only way to be unique and different is to be you. <laughs> well, and no, and, and also very few people leave a comedy show no. feeling worse off than, than when they walked into yeah. the room. Um, you know, there's so much data and studies and blah, blah around how about humor really healing, right? Yeah. After the best medicine is... is is not just an idiom or a platitude. It is, it is being backed up by science. Yeah, there's so, a reason I'm a comedian instead of a therapist, even though I'm just a few classes away from being a therapist. But it's one of those things that I can help a lot more people by doing a podcast or going up on stage and telling jokes than if I were to therapize them. 
Because honestly, every friend I know is in therapy. It's like, they're worse off than me. <laughs> and that's saying something, right? Yeah. No, I don't know you. I don't no. know. But, um, yeah. But, um, I'm like, guys, like, know, why are you paying so... them a hundred bucks? Like, go to a comedy club. Like, because, too, your stuff's not that bad. Like, you're just, per- <laughs> like, you're paying, here, as I've always said, if you want to pay someone a hundred bucks an hour just to listen to your problems, just pay me. You, but you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. Just come to my show and I'll make you laugh. Yeah, and, and it costs less. Don't make you necessarily, and you don't necessarily forget about your problems. You just laughter is a life yeah. skill, and if you can, and if you can harness it for good instead of evil, you know. I go and talk to um, third graders uh, every year at my son's school, and I say, listen, laughter is something that you know that makes people feel better about themselves. Being funny, humor is something that makes people feel better about themselves, not worse. So you can't, you don't get to just say anything you want to say to somebody and then follow it up with LOL or I'm just <laughs> kidding or I'm joking. That's, that's what not, I do in tags. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's not being, that's not. That's so I don't sound like such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's, that's yeah. where people, like, here in the South, they say, bless your heart, right? Yeah. Like, I can just say anything I want, but if I bless your heart, I'm not going to hell for being, you know... I'm so glad like you that, said but... that, because I'm from Texas, and I did not understand that people here didn't know that bless your heart was just Southern for fuck you. <laughs> well, it can be. Yeah. I mean, I have encountered a few um, very sincere bless your hearts, but... Um, a few. But it really is, it really is a nicer version. It's bring God into the LOL. Mm-hmm. is really what that yeah. is and um and so yeah bless your heart is um it, it's a real it's a real thing it's an entity in and, in and of itself and it doesn't mean you get to you don't have a license to just say anything you want follow it up with i'm just joking and call that humor mm-hmm. um that's not you know and so i i i tell you know third graders that you know humor makes people feel better about themselves it doesn't people if you're funny and you want to use that um, as a way of diffusing situations and um, and lightening the mood and and lifting up your spirits, then that's great. You just make sure that that people feel better about themselves having having left your presence than feeling like you were making fun of them. You know, and and that's how I differentiate the dip, the the two things to me. And so on that comic that if I'm making fun of anybody, it's myself. Mm. Um, and I'm cool with that. And you know what? And that's been good for me, too, because there's so much in my life that's pretty serious right now that I'm glad that I don't take myself that seriously. You know? And um, that, has, that, that, works, that works for me. And I swear to goodness, it's kept, it's kept me very healthy. Mentally and physically, um, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm for having this, things that it really is that simple and I think some people don't really get that I mean that's the reason I do this podcast it's always thinking of the bright side that's what CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy or as Adam Carolla would say it's like changing your wiring 
but it's just the fact that even in the article that you wrote here, Humor Heals, like you're colon cancer survivor. And and to me, it's using words like survivor versus victim. Like like uh, they would say on Loveline, they're like several, some people would call in and, and they're already actively trying to help themselves because they're calling into this show. But they would even correct Adam and Drew and be like, no, I'm, I'm a rape survivor. And it's like, oh, okay. And they were like, that person wanted real help, wanted to do it, and they weren't victimizing themselves. And, and it's especially hard these days, sadly, to be in that better mindset. Because it's like, stuff does happen to us, but we can't let it, you know, define us. You have to, and two, to me, most people who've actually struggled with things, whether it be colon cancer or you know, sexual assault or whatever, it's it's the mentality after that is really the crucial part because life does suck. Shit happens. Like, you know, it could be, you know, this or that, but it's, it's your attitude about it that is really what makes or breaks you. And there are way too many people these days who are just victimizing themselves in a way. And as I say, it, it, it's the language of it because, you know, sadly, a lot of our media outlets like to, you know, make victimization so high so like the fact that you know i see you doing this and even when it seems to be less popular these days that's great and that's all we can keep doing <laughs> is rebranding i guess it's like let's rebrand it to re survivors right. <laughs> yeah. well, i um yeah and it goes back to for me like you said i um it go, it goes back to look, not everything is funny, yeah. And I and I don't and I don't for one minute um, advocate or or suggest that people you know try to find the funny in the most traumatic you know things that that have happened to them. Maybe maybe there's nothing funny about that. Maybe they can't flip that around. You know, maybe that's just not appropriate. Doesn't feel right. Whatever. But it's finding the funny where you can. Yeah. That, um, I I think as a as a long term life skill is something that I don't think we give a lot of time to. I don't think we give a lot of attention to 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 that. Um, yeah, if only we but, gave more to that than, than the actual thing itself sometimes to me. Because as right. I say, we're, yeah, I was using the major stuff like, you know, colon cancer or, you know, sexual assault. But let's just say, like, I know a lot of people who it's like every little thing. And like you say, these, lit, you know, try not to make mountains out of molehills or, you know, not everything's a five on fire. But I know people, it's like every little thing is like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. You know, I'm a victim of this. It's like, you know, sadly that you are but that's just because you say you are i mean there's a lot of power to positive thinking and like as we were talking about just changing the attitude towards it because like you say not everything is funny right. but not everything is right. bible on barber either well and and you know there's a lot like you said there's a lot yeah. to be said for changing the narrative yeah. changing your internal dialogue exactly how you how you talk about things out loud and in your head and um you know, I, people think that that's, that, oh, well, that's not as powerful as, you know, I don't need to do that. Like, it doesn't work for me. And some people, I, you know, I think I, I definitely know people who are kind of addicted to the cycle of staying in this place of discomfort and struggle. 
Um, well, it's one thing to take a cold shower to wake yourself up and the need for the struggle to get yourself going. Because there is some, there's a lot of research to where if you do it like that, say, or or like, you know, you don't have, to, you could pay someone to mow your lawn, but you're going to choose to mow it yourself because that, like, those elements of putting that struggle is good. And that tends to force you to do other things. But, like, the, you know, I have a friend who's a bit of a drama queen, and it's like, if something's not going on, she's going to start it. And those are the kind of things that it's like, no, that's not, not useful to anyone. <laughs> no one thrives in that environment. <laughs> Don't put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, to me, yeah. I mean, I think we yeah. all know people who... Oh, yeah. Be like that, um, and I, and again, it has everything to do with the fact that I'm going to turn 49 very soon, and I've lived it, you know. Yeah, like I've, I've lived it. Stuff, I've <laughs> yeah. Through a thing or two, and um, I just don't have the, I don't have the time or the energy to take everything on. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't have time for that shit. I mean, or it's like if it's I, like Marta you know, and Lethal Weapon. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm too old for it, you know, and uh, I just. And, and I'm finding the older I get, it's not that um, it's it, it's not that we settle. It's that we create efficiencies. It's like it's, yeah. I'm just I just know what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not willing to put up with. And and that's um, just it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it's efficient. I'm just being efficient right now. I don't, you know. And so if I took on every person who especially you know here in the burbs every mom that's like oh i don't understand why heather's doing that like she's a wife yeah. she's a mom why is she you know in the clubs at night well because i'm a wife I'm, and i'm a mom you know like you, yeah. you, you do you know <laughs> you do you all do me you know you need something to do yeah <laughs> I, I you know i don't feel the need to take that on yeah um i don't lose any sleep over it anymore um but you know there was a time when i did and i'm just i'm really grateful that there are these moments in your life when the confluence of all the chapters in your life sort of come together and I feel like I'm there I feel like I'm God gave me or whatever whatever entity you know you want to believe in or whatever like I feel like I got just enough cancer to um, to be credible yeah. in this arena and um and You're like I got my um, cancer card so funny. yeah, yeah. You know, I got my cancer card and I'm hilarious and so I'm just making that work for me that's it and I hope that I'm you know helping people along along the way and I and now after doing this for a couple of years I I now I don't hope I'm helping people I know I'm helping people and that's what makes me leave my family and go to a club and tell my jokes or go to this, you know, fly out to LA, that you know, next no. week. And that's, that's what makes it make sense. Yeah. I and th- you know, yeah. I think it was Sandra O oh recently that said the older I get, the less I give a shit about what people think or things. And it is just, it is one of those things that, you know, or two, like you say, it's not even sometimes with age. It's just the more shit you deal with, the less you, other stuff tends to matter, especially like people's opinions on things. 
and you're just you know right. you know you've had some shit and you're you're in a good place because of it because you're using it and like you say as I've always said, the difference between narcissism and confidence is thinking and knowing. <laughs> confidence, you know. <laughs> you don't well, think. I had yeah. heard that. Yeah. So I, because I have been accused of being a narcissist a time yeah. or two in my life. So, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> I only got a 14 on the Dr. Drew scale, which is pretty good. I got Adam's score. Um, as long as you're under 20, I think you're okay. Um, but yeah, it is a fun little test to take, um, Dr. Drew's narcissism test, because I, I'm actually just going to start handing that out to people before I get into partnerships with them, because I have found if they just got over a certain score, it's not going to work out, because, like, it goes back to, like, <laughs> the thinking versus knowing. It's like, here's a bunch of evidence of why this is the way that it is, but I think, here's the thing, Jenny. Vaccines do not cause autism. <laughs> no, sorry. That seemed personal. That's your, no. that's your relationship yeah, poop in no. the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's the best example I can use? Because I'm always given the anti-vaxxer shit. Because, I mean, how many people have died from that? <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. Oh, no. That's how it's narcissism. It's like, honey, there's no science to back up what you're saying. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that is, it sounds like you've got your hands full on your end, too. Yeah. Keeping people, <laughs> keeping people educated and informed and thinking and, and having them use, use their, you know, use their brains, you know, and, um. Yeah, and, and you, too. It's like, you know, you're kind of, you should partner with Dr. Drew on getting more colonoscopies. I mean, <laughs> out there, because as, I mean, he made Adam get one last year. Um, and he's like, you haven't had one? I mean, as I say, I took my mom. I mean, I, I mean, hell, like, I'll go get a colonoscopy if I'd ha have insurance. It's like, as you say, it's a vacation. <laughs> and it will save it's your life. Bad. It's, it's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. I was like, oh, it sucks. And I'm like, no, it blows. I mean, it's, it's no, it's yeah. good. It, it absolutely is not um, It's not bad. And like I said, a lot. some people don't even have to do that. You yeah. can still get tested and and um, nowadays and they need to just talk to their doctors um talk to their doctors about that but also i would say um you know for for women in particular um that man when if something just doesn't seem right go go get checked out i i keep thinking about how easily i could have just blown that off and not had that um that colonoscopy and how different my son's life would be right now yeah i mean i had a recent surgery in the last couple of years too that had i not gone to the doctor for something you know where i was like this doesn't seem right i would have you know possibly died as well and it's like one of those things that it's like as we say it's just a general thing it, it doesn't have to be a colonoscopy but you know if you have good insurance why not as i say it's it's one of the better preventative tests but just go to the doctor more if you really have a problem. And I know my mom will get on me about that other than, you know, this time it worked out because she usually was like, you're fine. Don't be such a pussy. But, <laughs> but the older we get, the less, yeah. 
But yeah, it is one of those things that it's like, just go get it checked out. We have so many advancements and there's, and there, and I'm, I'm someone who doesn't have insurance either, but guys, I mean, walk-in clinics work just the way. The Hollywood walk-in clinic here in LA is great. Go get my B12 shots there. I mean, (laughs) well, and, and I know that that's, you know, that's a very real, um, obstacle. Yeah. And um and that um and that is that is legit and that is real and um and that's not something that I um can that I can um you know speak speak to and address because yeah. that's not my um that's not my situation. I'm very lucky and um but I would say that um just in general, just just you know, as as, as women we need to put ourselves first and at the minimum that is doing things that make you happy, bring you joy, reduce your stress, you know, um, um, you know, it kind of starts there. Uh, and then let that roll into also being, you know, your best advocate for your own good health and well-being, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, because there are people in your life that need you. And, um, you know, need you to, need you to stick around. And I personally, you know, I had my, my, my child at 38 years old. Um, you know, I'm just hoping to live long enough to be a grandma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, if he, uh, waits as long as, as I did, uh, you know, I may or I may not, but, um, so, you know, I just, the payoff, the payoff of being a parent is being a grandparent and I took all of my 20s and most of my 30s, you know, getting my shit together before I became a parent. And, um, yeah. So, but, hey, people uh, live forever now. So, like, man, you well, never know. And, too, your son could be a young parent. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anyone because most of us, I mean, I'm 30 and I, I still have Deadpool bed sheets. So, um, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> well, I, yeah. um. You know, that's one of those things I talk about in my comedy, like, you know, being an older, you know, being an older mom, there's some great things. One of them is, you know, I, I, I might not live long mm. enough to be a grandma and, um, except for, you know, I was watching a documentary the other day and I thought, well, you know what? I, maybe I will live long enough to be a grandma. Um, and, uh, I can't wait till we're ahead in the jar technology. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know but, um. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to cryogenic anything, you know. <laughs> Watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, you know, but, but, yeah, I mean, I would just, I would just say, at the very least, just, I hope everybody just goes to a comedy show. Support your local yeah. com- comedian. Go to a comedy show. <laughs> um, start there. Start there. Start there. Laugh for longevity. How about that? yeah and that is the thing is like you know sometimes these comedy shows especially here because nobody pays for anything are free even people just go have a laugh it'll help um but yeah speaking of comedy shows as we start to wrap up here are there any shows i know you plugged one earlier but you can just say it again here or anything else you want to promote because this is international so uh even in atlanta i'm sure we have some fans there 
Well, yeah. I hope you do. Cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, April 25th, I'm going to be at Caspian Restaurant mm-hmm. with Minority Reports. They present Mom's Night Out. I'm actually hosting that show. So I don't, I'm not just a comedian. I also get to host it, which is really cool. And um, that's at Irvine. Super excited about that. And um, my, uh, my show, my regular show is Laugh Lines and Stretch Marks. I am um, hoping to... to bring that along and bring that on tour um um so to a you know a city uh, a city near you know coming to a city near you soon i hope um um and you know people can find me on um instagram at hyphen up i um the name of my brand is you know making fun of my hyphenated name mm-hmm. so um facebook instagram just look for um hyphen up and um you'll find me and then you'll always know you know where i'm bringing my mom com um and um, other and other fun projects that I've got going on. But other than that, it's been a real delight to, to speak with you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And see you next Tuesday. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com so you can get back to getting booked.